G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are reacting to the 2022 NBA Draft, talking winners and losers. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Joined, as always, by Callum Mack, uh, draft enthusiast this time of year. How are you, man? Um, yep, yep. Just got back from yours. As you're aware, Mitch, we watched the draft together, which was always fun, enjoyable. Uh, it's a good way to waste a few hours and um, see some funny trades that happen. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, some trades. of the prospects we're keen on um, and just to see where they go, make sure the fits are okay. Yeah, so obviously 2022 draft, a bit of a different draft year at the top. We had uh, a bit of an unclear first pick in the draft this year. I think we all sort of expected it to be Jabari Smith Jr. heading into it. And then very late last night over here, early in the morning in the States, the uh, the Vegas odds um, shifted. And it started to swing over. Paolo Banquero started to become the, the odds-on favorite to be picked there. So someone obviously tipped someone off there and, and uh, let something leak because he was the pick one in the draft. Um, just your reaction to the, the, the first few picks in the draft um, before we get stuck into the winners and losers. Um, yeah, look, overall, I'm pretty happy with how it all fell in terms of the top three most people had obviously these power forwards um, all in a maybe different order. Um, but I, I was considering Paolo as the number one pick if I was Orlando. Over the past few days, I've kind of even warmed up to the idea of him going number one just because I, I have said that, you know, they need some scoring and, and he can work with France. France can guard a lot of players. It can be pretty good. They have a pretty stacked front line as it is, but I, I wouldn't be um, surprised if we do see a, Carter um, kind of trade or Wendell Carter that is, or, or maybe even a Mo Bumba. One of those guys yeah, might be out of there I think in the future, get some more assets. Um, but overall, I do like the fit. Um, to me, to me, it really was between Petlo and Jabari. <clears throat> I still would have gone with Jabari. I just think what he brings in terms of his hustle and mentality and shooting is awesome. Mm. But I, I'm, you know, Orlando, I'm not going to hate it. It was between those two guys for me. So I'm pretty happy with that. I actually, I thought that the top three worked out really, really well for all teams involved. Um, I actually think that like every team kind of got their number one preference. <laughs> I think OKC really would have wanted Chet. I believe they would have drafted him if they were pick number one. And I think that Houston might have even gone with Jabari Smith Jr. at number one if they were pick number one. So, and obviously Orlando got their guy. They didn't have to do anything to, to move anything. So, I think all three teams would be very happy with their selection. Uh, I, I'm obviously a, a Chet man myself, but I think that on Orlando, uh, Paolo definitely makes a lot of sense being the sort of the, being the focal point. They needed that guy that could potentially be that superstar, and I think that he has the opportunity to do that in Orlando when you've got a few other good defensive players around him, you know, with potentially, I don't know if we'll ever see him again, but Jonathan Isaac coming back and um, Wendell Carter's obviously a good defender. 
he got some good playmakers on the team already. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a good selection. Interested to see how it goes. I don't necessarily see any of these guys busting. Um, you know, maybe some people would say Chet. You might say Chet as well with the body and everything like that. But uh, I think they're all going to be solid picks um, and, and good. At least, um, you know, borderline all-stars or, or, or solid starting level players, whether or not any of them reach the superstar status that you'd hope for a number one pick. We'll see, but um, I do think that all three of those top teams got their guy, um, and I am excited to see how, how it ends up uh, looking in the future. Let's um, let's go over to our, our winners and losers now. So what do you want? Do you want to start with a bit of a high or, or, or a sour note? What do you think? Um, look, let's start negative. Why not? Yeah, I, there's right. only probably a few losers. Let, let's rip yeah, into some people. I, I don't think that there was, there was too many shocking um, moments. I think last year, I think there was a few more questionable decisions but this year I mean the draft was a bit more of a flat draft so we'll say losers but I don't necessarily think that these are horrible decisions um just some decisions that I thought were questionable and and I think could have been better and uh what better way to start than our our good old favorite punching bag I'm sorry if you're a fans of this this franchise (laughs) Uh, I really actually want this team to succeed and I really, really am rooting for this team, but I've got to start off. The, the first loser of the day for me is Sacramento. Um, Keegan Murray. Look, I like Keegan Murray. He he was a top 10 prospect for me. I think I had him eight on my board. I think he's he's fine. He's a, he's a starting level player in the NBA. I think that if you're Sacramento, you could either one, trade back, two, trade out, or three, just take what I consider to be a, a, a clear top four draft in Jaden Ivey at four. Um, but they did none of those things. They drafted Keegan Murray, which I think is actually a decent fit. I don't mind him next to Sabonis, and he's someone who you know can play a three or a four and, and pay in a fast-paced offense like the Sacramento seem to want to do. But in terms of like asset management, I just feel like they could have done a lot better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Keegan Murray selection at four? Yeah, I think they really did prioritize um, giving the keys to De'Aaron Fox in this trade because I, I definitely had Ivy, you know, above the guys that were on the board yeah. at that point. I, I was really high on Ivy. I, that athleticism is so hard to find. It's just that ability to better blow by NBA talent um, like he did in college is a, is definitely a pretty hard thing. And it's obviously going to do well in the NBA. And, and surely, obviously, the fit wasn't amazing if you haven't with Darren Fox, um, but I still would have just picked them up. And, and even if you have to try and move on, but you could at least trial it to begin with. And I think that, you know, the upside's still definitely there to, to make a move in the future. They took him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't know what's going on in these conversations and things like that and what's happening when they pick up the phone and they call these teams, but like, surely you, I mean, maybe they did try it and it didn't work out, uh, but surely you'd, you'd try and trade back to even just pick five, like go to, you know, get pick five, you know, maybe and get someone off or a future first or a future second or something like that off off Detroit and let them move up to four and then take Jaden Ivey and then you can take Keegan Murray. I just, I just feel like they could have got more out of the selection personally. He's 22 years old. So to me, they're, they're obviously trying to make the playoffs. We know that they have a direction from the ownership to make the playoffs at all costs. Um, I really hope they do. I honestly, I, I want them just <laughs> to get that monkey off their shoulder, like just get that out of the way because I feel like they're going to be a really short-term focused franchise until that happens. 
Um, so my hope is that they get to the play-in tournament, they you know, scrape in there uh, in the next year or two, and and they can finally move on and <laughs> and um, actually start to build a championship contending team because I, I just don't see this in this team. Yeah, me neither. And it's going to be tough to fight your way into the playoffs. It's in the hard. West. Um, yeah. You know, some teams are coming back a bit healthier. Denver obviously be stronger. Um, the Clippers will obviously be Portland. stronger. They'll be a playoff team. Um, Portland as well. Yeah, they're Damn coming man. back and they'll have Dame Lillard back after missing New like, Orleans. a tanking season. New Orleans are definitely on the way up. Yeah. Healthy Zion. It's it's going to be really tough for them. It I do be. like the combination of De'Aaron with Sabonis, but I just don't think in that deep West now, that healthy West, it's going to be hard to push them over the top. Yeah. Um, and to get a Keegan Murray, who, look, I do think is a good player. I do like Keegan. Yeah, we like uh, his, we his like stats were, were awesome. And oh, he's going to be a good dynasty player. He will be a good dynasty player. Um, his stats were pr- pretty damn awesome. It, the one shot really is kind of like the age, but the, he was a late bloomer. Before this season, he didn't really get a whole lot of minutes. And he, the one of the stats they showed during the draft was he had a 16 and a half point per game increase from the yes. season before. So, yes. I mean, obviously opportunity comes and he very much took advantage of it. He can hit a three. Um, he can get blocks, 2.1 blocks, 1.3 steals. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's just going to be a solid guy and he will fit besides a bonus. And, and that, I think Sacramento kind of prioritized fit as opposed to getting yeah. the best player out there. I, I definitely think so, which, you know, you, you can question that, but, you know, it, it might work out for them. I don't think that there was definitely, there wasn't a slam dunk pick at that point, especially because Jade Niver we all had as number four, clearly on our board, um, and, and the fit next to Fox was questionable. And they just went through a pretty bit of a bad breakup with Halliburton and Fox, and they probably didn't want to go through that again. So I understand not wanting to select Ivy there, but I just think you could have traded out of the position or traded down and got more resets back in return. Um, and and I'm sure there was something they could have done. I think, you know, even if you don't get Keegan Murray, you, you could have gotten a, a Benedict Matherin, or you could have got someone who would have assisted this team win now and then still get more assets moving forward, which I would have pref- personally preferred. Um, I'll throw it over to another loser. Um, I'm going to give a, a shout-out to Memphis Grizzlies here for a couple of questionable decisions late in the draft. Um, the trade of De'Anthony Melton. Now, you guys all know that I'm a big De'Anthony Melton fan, probably maybe too much so, but I think that you traded up to get to pick, was it pick 22? You, um, oh, sorry, pick 23, sorry. And you tr- draft David Roddy, who, look, we're all, we're all just throwing stuff against the wall, but this guy was not, you know, mocked to go anywhere close to the first round. Um, he's got some issues with his weight and his size and how that's going to translate to the NBA. I don't think anyone was really scrambling to draft him at pick 23. So I don't feel like you needed to trade up to do that and to get rid of De'Anthony Melton and also take on um, Danny Green's contract. I just don't know what the plan is there. Um, and also... I don't mind the, the Jake LaRavia selection at 19, but just that trade of De'Anthony Melton, I think, was a bit of a, a miss by them. What are, what are your thoughts on Memphis's draft? Yeah, I didn't love that draft. Um, I'm not super high on Jake LaRavia either. Um, and, and they um, you know, took him at the 19 spot, which could have been a bit of a reach, in my opinion. And then on top of that, you touched on it, the, the Roddy. He, he, he can do a bit of everything, uh, but the question mark here is that size. He does love to live in the post, I think, a bit as well, even though he can hit the three. So I think it's going to work type, in the NBA. Yeah. yeah, that body type can be a bit questionable. And, and exactly, that those post moves in this day and age aren't used a whole lot in teams. It can be a bit of a, 
quote unquote ball stopper um, when you have players like that. And I'm just not too sure how that will relate um, in this day and age, unfortunately. So the three point shooting, I think is there, he can actually handle the ball. There are, there are some positives, but most people had him kind of mocked in a, maybe the thirties, the forties. And so to draft, to make the trade, the draft him at 23 in addition to the um, Laravia pick, I'm, yeah, I, I would classify them as losers. I think those better players on the board at both picks. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that, um, with those selections. The last loser we're going to throw out, and probably going to make a few people mad here, but they might already be, in, be mad about their, their draft night. The New York Knicks is our final loser for the draft here. Um, just the fact that you had someone like Jalen Duran fall in your lap, who, for me, he was the top seven um, player on the board. You're picking him at 11. I think that he's got a high upside. He's definitely a starting center in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, you know, you've got some players that are coming off your books in uh, Mitch Robinson and Nerlens Noel is probably not the future there. I think that, and, and then you trade it. Obviously, you get three first-round picks, which is great. It sounds great on the surface, but the protections on these, pick, on these picks sound pretty heavy. Um, a lot of lottery-protected, um, you know, protected first-round picks. So they're probably not going to be as good as the pick that you had right now. Maybe it's trade bait and things like that. I've heard them talk about, you know, trying to get um, Jalen Brunson in, who I just don't think is going to change life in New York. Uh, I think he's a fine player, but I don't think he's going to be a needle mover really. So I just think that you you, sh- you probably should have taken the swing on a high upside center at that point, who I think was a, a, a you know my highest guy on the board. And, and you also had other options as well. You didn't have to go that way, but I think you had some good players still left and, and I would have just taken the pick there. Yeah, I think it was a pretty good pick. There were some good guys on the board there. I would have done the same. Um, we're not too sure what those assets will eventuate into, but I think um, they're heavily protected. Yeah. I guess it is more of a long game uh, for some trades in the future. Maybe that's what they're thinking about, and they think that this pick wasn't necessary, and they're more looking maybe two, three years from now um, yeah. to make some different trades. Understandable, but there were some good players there. Um, and I guess one of the telling signs is um, Mitchell Robinson will most likely get re-signed to a contract after this kind of training away. This big guy um, is one takeaway, but you know, yeah, players like AJ Griffin still on the board, Tari Eason, um, not just Duran. Um, I, I would have had Duran at that point, and I think it was a good fit. I think Tibbs would have really liked him as well. He's yeah. so young; um, he's only not even eighteen yet. So there's there some great positives, and yeah, the return. Yeah, while we don't know exactly what it is, I think it will end up being probably a net negative. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, not not huge losses, I think, in this in this year. There wasn't anything that was super crazy on the negative side of things that stood out to me. But um, just a couple of questionable decisions that I might have gone somewhere different. Um, let's go over to a more positive side of things and talk about the winners of the draft. I think, hands down, the biggest winner of this draft is the Detroit Pistons. Um, they smashed it out of the park for me. Um, they they got Jade Narvey at pick five. Amazing fit. Love him next to Cade Cunningham. You've got your explosive guard um, next to your sort of more cerebral, bigger playmaker. Um, so you've got a, a good combination there. And then the fact that you pick up your, your future center um, to pair with those two dynamic backcourt players in Jalen Duran. Uh, I think that that is a really, really good young core to build off for the, the coming years. And I know there was a lot of talk about them signing DeAndre Ayton. I don't know if that's the case now that you've got Jalen Duran there. Maybe you use your um, cap space to, to maybe land a, a wing player, which we know are highly coveted, obviously. Um, but I, I think that they were head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of uh, winners for the draft. What are, what are your thoughts on Detroit? 
Detroit are high on my list in terms of league pass next season. Yes, I think 100%. they're going to be super exciting to watch. They're going to get these guys a lot of minutes. Jaden Ivey, um, incredible athlete. He is going to be a great fit with Cade. I think they will complement each other. They can both kind of work a bit off ball. And, you know, Cade with the shooting, Jaden with that um, kind of prowess in the open court will be really good. I, I can really see some great combinations. And then you throw Duran, who I think really complements Ivy as well in that fast-paced. Um, and, and Cade, in terms of like rim running as well, he always finds the man. I can see Duran really throwing down some yeah. some big um, alley-oops from that play. So, look, I, I love um, what they did. I think they're the biggest winners as well. Yeah, they, they kind of remind me of like a little baby Phoenix Suns team out east. You know, you've got your DeAndre Ayton type in Duran. You've got your your point guard, a bigger point guard in um, Kate Cunningham, who's like your Chris Paul. And then Jaden Ivey can just be your bucket getter, who like your Devin Booker, someone overseas, a bit more athletic and maybe not as quite a good a shooter, but, you know, can score in his own way. And I think that as long as you get those connector pieces now, that's the the makings of a, of a good team, and um, I, I do really like what they're doing over there in Detroit. Um, even though they got a bit of bad luck on lottery night, I think that they definitely made up for it with the the pieces that they got in this draft. So, moving on to my next winner here, I've got the Houston Rockets. Um, now, having Jabari Smith Jr. fall to them at three, I think is absolutely perfect for them. I would have gone, obviously, if the, the draft had shaped out the way we thought it was going to be, I would have absolutely gone Palo at three, but I think this is a much better fit for them. Um, they probably love his defense a lot more, um, his ability to, to shoot it, space the floor for someone like a Shengun, someone like a Jalen Green who can get to the rim. Um, and then picking up Tari Eason, who was... Uh, he's definitely a my guy for me this year. Tari Eason at pick 17, um, who can then complement those guys who maybe don't have the defense. He can be someone who can maybe um, be like a, a, a secondary um, or a weak side defender is what I'm trying to say. A weak side defender to help out Shangun, um, create some fast break opportunities, someone who's super long and athletic uh, when they maybe lack a little bit of that next to uh, Jalen Green, I think that this is a, a really good spot for them there. So I think that they're a big winner for me with uh, their selections. Yeah, me me too. They, they really did kill it, this draft. Jabari Smith, um, Ty Ty Washington, and Tari Eason. Um, really good fits. Obviously, they got a young core. They yeah. have Jalen Green, who looks like a good scorer. Jabari Smith, I think he must be one of those guys who gets in. He's a hustler in defense. He'll make people work on that end. And offensively, he's an absolute sniper from long range. And and that kind of stuff, you know, creates so much more space for your other yeah. players to work with. So it's one of those things that may, um, you know, kind of lift your team. And, and that's why I kind of had him as my number one pick. I think he really can draw a lot of the defense away from him. So they should be ecstatic. They got him at the third pick considering I, I had him at number one on my board and Tari Eason being that help defender um, just defender in general I think in terms of a lockdown defender Tari Eason is just that big body can yeah. move and and is a, a, a great kind of prowess for like you know Kawhi Leonard body type kind of yeah, thing um, obviously sure. I'm not going to say he will yeah. be on that level but uh, <laughs> and, you know you can see body the science which, yeah. which is great um, his steal rate his block rate was awesome um, and, and to pair that with like a, a, a Shangun for example who could be blown by on the perimeter. He, he obviously does hustle, but he, he's not known to be a great defender. Yeah. Um, I, I think they could complement each other quite nicely. And, and likewise for Jabari on that help defense yeah. as well when Shangun. So I think they're kind of pairing um, that around a piece with Shangun being some of their future in addition to Jalen Green. So um, those four pieces are great. And to have a tie tie Washington is a bit of insurance um, for your point guard position. Maybe he could end up being the starting point guard 
in the future yeah. as well. You're obviously still, you've got the Kevin Porter Jr. experiment. with The the jury's still out there, you know, whether or not he can be a legit point guard to sort of run your offense. But to have that sort of backup plan, someone who's solid, who can come in and, and give you a good contribution um, straight away. And then and also in, in the future, I think, uh, helps take a bit of pressure off that uh, move having to work for you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Ty Ty, look, he was even, some people had him in, in the teens. In terms of mock drafts, early twenties for me. Yeah, I think most people settled on him being in early twenties towards the end. But yeah, to yep. get him at twenty nine um, is is pretty great. Yeah. I think as well. I, I think it's a good value. Um, let's move on to our final winner here. I've got the San Antonio Spurs as our our third winner here, and. Um, I think that obviously they came in with three picks. I didn't necessarily think they were going to keep all three. It looks at at this stage they have, um, but I, I like the selections. I think they've gotten value at every single pick. The ninth pick with Jeremy Sohan, I like for them specifically. I think they are one of the better teams in developing talent. Um, we know that Sohan has the pedigree. He has the defensive, obviously, versatility there. Um, but I, I'm confident in a team like the Spurs developing his offense, developing his shooting especially. Um, so it's a good landing spot for a, a prospect like that. And then the two guys they took later in Malachi Brennan, I had much higher than 20. He was sort of um, closer to the, the, the top 12 for me, really. And then also uh, Blake Wesley, who, you know, two two guards who can go get a bucket, who are decent shooters, especially in Brennan, uh, help space the floor where they maybe lack a little bit of that shooting with players. Um, Obviously, like uh, uh, the guy they selected, sorry, um, Sohan and Pirtle there. And, of, of course, you've got their, their star player in um, DeJounte, who, who maybe isn't the worst shooter, but probably not one of his strengths. So the more space you can provide him, the better. So I think with all three of those selections, they made some really good picks and good value on, on my draft board especially. What are your thoughts with their picks there, Cal? Yeah, I think it all fits the mold nicely for them. Um, it, it, all of the picks kind of complement each other. They're all uh, young nicely. too. Yeah, they're all yeah, like they're all 19 really years old. So they've got a, a long timeline, lots of time to, to make this fit as well. Yeah. And so, look, Sohan, I, there are some negatives there. The scoring is a bit of a negative, but I think just what he brings defensively, he should always be pretty much a net positive um, from what I've seen. So he's just a hustler and can do it all on that end guard. They say one through five. Um, we'll see if that is true in the NBA. But in terms of like guiding forwards and stuff, which yeah. is what every team needs, um, he, he'll be quite um, useful. And, and then to pair that with some guys who are just scorers, good shooters, Brennan and Wesley. I, I think this is a, I think they really did lack um, forwards and, and they've really kind of stocked up getting Sohan being a, a bit bigger. Um, and then the other guys being some scoring um, kind of mobile guards. But Brennan's a bit bigger. Um, he's about six, six and 10 guards yeah. and wings as well. Yeah. So, they got a bit of size and in terms of their team needs to fit around DeJounte Murray, um, I guess Jakob Pertl is the only other guy I could throw in there as a bit more of the, the future. Uh, I think it's a great fit um, uh, overall. Um, Sohan, I'm not completely in love with, just as I said, I have a little bit of concerns, the scoring, but overall with Brenham at 20, I think that was a bargain. And I do like Blake Wesley to get him at 25, I think is where he was kind of going in mocks and, and his scoring prowess. I think there is a fair bit of upside there. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you with Sohan. He wasn't the highest guy I had on my board when they made the selection. I had Duran and I actually had Tari Eason slightly ahead of him. But in saying that, 
I do think they're all fairly close, and I think that the Spurs, uh, I, I trust them to develop a, a player like him. And if they saw something that they really like, I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't, I don't see it as well. So I, I do like the selection there. Uh, but let us know what you guys think. Who was your? What was your favorite pick in the draft? Um, are you are you a big believer in Keegan Murray and the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs this year? Um, let us know in the comments selection section below and we will catch you guys next time where we are talking about our dynasty ranking. So stay tuned for that. Um, video is probably coming out fairly soon. Talking a bit of fantasy. Uh, hit the likes, subscribe. Catch us later. Bye.